the Jets are trying to build up through the draft and start the, uh, I guess, the foundations of what you might consider to be a new core. And while a lot of it's very exciting, there are a lot of questions about how this plan is going to end up. Who is going to be the most pivotal part of this team's future, and how can the Jets build better around the existing core pieces plus the young players that are going to be filtering in here over the next few years? We'll dive into all of that and more on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said, tonight's episode, I want to talk about the Jets' future. Um, but first, before we get into that, just wanted to say sorry. Uh, unfortunately, our guest was not able to attend tonight's episode recording, so um, I'm going to try and find another time. It's uh, been a little bit difficult to, to find a, a good scheduling match, so hopefully we'll have our special guest on here sometime in the next week or so before they head on tour. Uh, they have a stop you know, in, in Mexico, so obviously things are a little bit complicated in terms of uh, getting them on the show, but hopefully that pans out next week. In the meantime, let's talk about the Jets' future, and it's something that we've talked about in other uh, areas before. I think for me, one of the biggest questions I have going forward with this team is how this team's core is going to look, which sounds like a very broad question. And it is, right? We're talking about a team that, quite honestly, has a, a very bright future, but one that I think a lot of folks are um, maybe a little bullish on. I know I am personally. I feel like I'm really excited about this team's future, especially the prospects that, that the Jets have brought in. But I feel like there's actually quite a bit of uncertainty, especially with how many of these kids are actually going to graduate into full-time NHL roles. And that's something that I talked about in yesterday's episode. So I thought I would spend some time talking about, let's, you know, like, like let's look at the forwards, right? Who here really is going to be this, this future of this team? So obviously, you know, in a couple of seasons, the Jets are still going to have Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers. But for as much as I love those guys, and, and Ehlers especially, I wouldn't say that they're the kinds of players that you can build a full team around. They are elite playmakers or scorers in their own right, and that's awesome. And Ehlers especially is really talented at doing so many other things when he's in possession of the puck. But he's not, you know, like a Kopitar or... Um, Gosh, I'm trying to think of like, you know, maybe like a McKinnon or something, right? That game-breaking game breaking center presence that Shifley has been for the Jets uh, at times throughout his career. You know, Ehlers can kind of do some of that stuff, and I think he's really, really good. But he does still play out wide, and that leaves a bit of a gap for the Jets down the middle. And looking at Winnipeg's prospect pool, you kind of notice that in terms of elite centers, it's, it's a little bit questionable as to who's really going to take on that mantle. So I think the first easy candidate for me up front is going to be 
uh, Cole Perfetti. I think he'll naturally slide down the middle. I think that in terms of Winnipeg's drafted prospects, he probably has, I would say, the highest potential to become an elite, you know, top line center. Not that you know some of the other guys won't, but I think for the Jets, um, it's really important that Winnipeg, you know, evaluates what they have in some of their star prospects and then kind of goes from there. I think the Jets most likely have, you know, a couple of young centers that could be um, converted from wing. You know, Brad Lambert might be an option. I think that they'll try him there. We've also got, you know, Chaz Lucius, who has played center. But I think, you know, beyond that, you're starting to realize that for the most part, Winnipeg is kind of looking more at players who might be better served playing out wide. I know that there's been talk of Gabriel Velarde maybe uh, shifting down the middle. He's spent some time out at wing. So, in terms of versatility, right, the, the Jets have lots of forwards who can play lots of different positions. But I think in terms of having a really concrete understanding of where everyone's going to be in a few years, that's that's kind of up for debate. I think Colby Barlow for sure is going to be a winger. That much is clear. And I think he'll probably be a pretty good top six winger. I don't know if he's going to be first line superstar town level, but I'm hoping that he really does land with a big impact. Lambert, I would say, might have one of the highest potentials but he also has one of the greatest uh, risks of not necessarily panning out. Now he has taken a big step forward since moving uh, to the Seattle Thunderbirds. And I think he'll continue that once he comes back to the moose, but you know, Chaz Lucius, I have a hard time really penciling him in for the long term, just because he's had a lot of injuries already. And it's really tough to recover from that uh, and, and continually get back up to speed and, and progress and develop. Other than that, you know, you, you start to realize that the Jets forward pool, while still very talented, um, it, it does kind of tail off a bit. Chibrikov does seem like he could be a really good pro-level player, probably something along the lines of like a great third liner. I think Danny Zilkin will probably also fit into that role, you know, a quality third line center who can uh, bring a lot of good work ethic and, and some underappreciated skill. After that, though... <clears throat> I think you do start to wonder a little bit how much more the Jets are going to be able to squeeze out of this uh, this this prospect pool. And that's not to say that it's a bad one. You know, uh, Fabian uh, Wagner is an interesting player for your middle six. Henry Nikodin might be able to play a fourth line role. But obviously you need all of these guys to really make it in some capacity. And the Jets, if they were to lose Shifley and some of the other mem members of the core, it's, it's tough to really fill in those gaps. So... That's one reason I think I've really been thinking more and more about how the Jets can rebuild. I know that tanking is not exactly a popular thing, but I think long-term Winnipeg desperately needs like that number one franchise player, and then the rest will kind of start to fall in place. They don't have that quite yet, but they do have a lot of potentially elite talent. It's just a question of how much of that talent is going to be realized and how much of it is going to be at a level to where the Jets have like a really elite top nine. I think this team long-term is, is shaping up so far to be pretty good, but there's still some pieces for them to acquire. And the only way that they'll probably do that is if they somehow get a bit of lottery fortune. But, you know, the, the way that's, you know, the way to a lottery pick is being pretty bad. So we'll see how that pans out. But obviously up front, while the Jets have a, a wealth of options, the, the back end's a little bit more questionable. We'll talk about the defense and why the prospect pool there has some, perhaps questionable moments uh, and, and, you know, a lack of depth and what it might mean for the Jets' future in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. 
Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And who doesn't love having a little bit of extra bonus bet security? That's 200 you can you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. Or if you're an Orioles fan or a Blue Jays fan, uh, obviously you might be betting on who is going to finish at the top of the AL East between the two bird-themed teams. Maybe you're a dirty, rotten Yankees fan. Just kidding. You're fine. Just kidding, mostly. Uh, no matter what you want to bet on, though, no matter who you root for, you can be sure that when you're betting with FanDuel, you're doing so on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And when you win, you get paid instantly. So there's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jets fans, thank you so much for return, uh, returning on tonight's episode as we are diving into trying to figure out who amongst Winnipeg's prospect pool is really going to be part of this future core. Um, and we talked about the forwards, right? The forwards look pretty good. I, I think that there's a solid range of depth. Uh, and while, look, there's no elite number one franchise-level prospect necessarily there's lots of guys who have potential to be um, role players, maybe really good middle six to top six players, and two to three guys that have what you might call elite potential. Maybe not franchise level, but elite. So it's a nice range, right? And it's it's pretty solid, so, you know, supplementing a roster that's going to have some decent veterans already. On the defense, I think, is where I start to have a few more questions. Uh, Winnipeg has always struggled to develop top-end young D. Dylan Sandberg looks like he's progressing nicely, but after that, you start to realize there's not a lot of blue liners that have uh, really started to make moves towards NHL time. I think the guy who's most closest is is Vili Heinola, but Heinola, Heinola, for one reason or another, whether it's been some of his you know poor performances or Winnipeg's insistence that he's too small versus some of their bigger, more physical players, the thought that he can't play PK, all that stuff he's not really favored in the organization. And it's been clear that despite putting on some really good stretches here and there, he hasn't really played enough to uh, get a longer run with the team. So that kind of leaves the jets with not a lot of options. If they're trying to source players internally, I think Elias Salamonson is probably Winnipeg's best uh, non NHL prospect defender right now. I think he's got a lot of really good tools to be a very good two-way defender. I think he'll easily slot in on Winnipeg's second pairing, maybe at one point in the future on the first pairing. I think he's very mature for his age, and it seems like he's got great uh, offensive instincts and, and really nice passing, so that's good. I think he's great in possession. I think he'll be able to create space. And uh, again, you know, the decision-making with him and his defensive acumen seem like they're in pretty good spots. So Salomonson, for me, I think is very much labeled for a top four spot at some point. I think it's just a question of when that's going to happen. After that, though, uh, I, I start to kind of run into some issues. So I know everyone loves Declan Chisholm, but I feel like at this stage of his career, Chisholm is still kind of a little raw. And he's like 23, 24 almost. Uh, so obviously, you know, it's not like he's out of his prime, but I think in terms of what you expect him to develop further from, you're kind of starting to see him settling into some of his habits, uh, some of the 
levels of performance that you can expect from him on a consistent basis. And that might mean that his room for growth might be a little bit capped. Not that it's 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 set in stone, but you know, projecting forward, right? What role do you really see with him? For me, I'm kind of at the level of where I feel comfortable with him as a number six or something, maybe even a quality number five. But I feel like the top four potential that I would want from him requires a little bit more in the decision-making department and uh, just not there with him yet. Defensively, I know that he's probably going to have some issues. He does occasionally win some really good one-on-one matchups, but I think overall what you're bringing him on the ice for is to really propel the back end and create more offensive opportunities for your forwards. Defensive work, I mean, it's just not going to be his thing for the most part. So as long as you kind of accept that, I think he's got very intriguing potential. I just don't know if it's much more than like a third pairing kind of guy, especially against top level uh, attackers. I do have some time though for a couple of other guys. Uh, Dimitri Kuzman is a name that I'm keeping a close eye on. I know that there's not been a lot of of talk about him since he was drafted. Uh, you know, he's he's played in some lower leagues and then came over to North America this past year. So far, it seems like he's been doing pretty okay. Um, but, you know, I, I think for Kuzman, the main thing is developing more defensive instincts and continuing to hone his two-way offensive game. There's a lot there that I think, you know, from his days in Belarus, you, you should be excited about. It'll be interesting to see if he can translate it to a more pro level once he leaves P- Peterborough. But so far, I mean, the offensive numbers appear to be looking pretty good. Uh, I think that he's got very interesting potential in terms of like his skating. He's really strong at that. So I think he's a really fun player. He could kind of become like another Chisholm type prospect. Um, But beyond that, you know, are you projecting him to be top four? Probably not. Uh, And so I I think for Winnipeg, obviously the need for like a top end defender from somewhere continues to be a really big question. Is it somebody that they trade for? Is it a lottery pick? How are they going to acquire that? Because like Morrissey can't do it on his own and internally I don't see another player of his caliber yet in the system. I don't think we have one. As far as we know, it it could be a situation where we get surprised down the road, but I'm thinking right now, you know, the Jets have lots of guys who are going to be good second or third pairing defenders, but no one who really projects to be an elite number two or number one. So something to keep an eye out for. I think the Jets are, are likely looking to really fortify that back end, especially because as it is right now, the blue line, has a lot of players and veterans who are eating up a good amount of cap space and maybe struggling to contribute that value back to the team. So lots of thoughts there, but maybe even the biggest question amongst all of the prospect pool questions the Jets have lies in net, because how the heck do you replace Connor Hellebuck, a Vesna winning trophy, uh, Vesna trophy winning uh, winner, a guy who's been nominated for the Vesna multiple times and who, if his con- career continues the way it is, will likely be a Hall of Famer. We'll talk about some of the the issues the Jets may have in the goalie pipeline in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Every day, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's closing thoughts for this episode. Obviously, we were talking about, you know, which players are going to be key cogs for the Jets going forward. And while the defense and forward rankings have some pretty decent prospects, more so on the forward side, perhaps. I think in net is where the Jets have maybe the biggest question mark because it's it's hard to replace Connor Hellebuck, who has been 
one of the best goalies in the NHL over the last several years. Very few goalies have ever approached his level of consistency and his consistently strong performance, especially saving as many goals above expectation as he has, as Connor Hellebuck, you know, has in this league. There's just no one who's really come close to that other than guys like Henrik Lundqvist, prime uh, John Gibson. So in terms of what the Jets can expect from maybe Dominic DiVicentis, I feel like the best case scenario for DiVicentis is he becomes like a really solid starter, you know, at least above league average. I don't know that he's necessarily labeled for like elite starter potential. He, he could be. He's put up really strong numbers for the Brampton Battalion. And, you know, he's won a couple of awards that I think are worth keeping an eye on. But it's just really hard to project goalies. And when you're looking out uh, into the future for what sort of techniques and things might be repeatable, you know, goalie performance year over year is still very volatile. So it's hard to know if DiVicentis is really a guy who becomes a long-term starter for the team, or maybe he's the kind of goalie who's comfortably more in the backup range. If he's even just a backup, that's already a win for the Jets. Uh, you know, it's just really hard to evaluate and, and develop goalies in the way that I think Winnipeg really needs, especially if Hellebuck departs. And it's why I'm wondering if Hellebuck might be the one who ends up staying between him and Shifley, should he be interested in resigning. After that, you know, the goalie pool kind of thins out a little bit. I mean, you've got um, Thomas Milich, who's interesting. I think Milich has, you know, some some solid reflexes. He's got, you know, a solid frame. And there's some stuff there that makes you think he might be a really solid backup. I don't know about elite starter potential or anything like that. I think even asking him to become a full-time starter might be a lot uh, but as like a dart throw goalie, I feel like it's totally fine. He's put up some great numbers for Team Canada. In the junior ranks, he seems to really thrive. So maybe he's got a little more in the tank. We'll see. After that, though, it's it's totally just kind of out there. You've got like Ascari Salmanen, who might be decent as a backup. Uh, he really hasn't had a chance to prove himself in the NHL yet and probably won't this year unless Hellebuck gets traded. If Hellebuck does leave, then you're down to like Brassois and probably Salmonen as his backup. But otherwise, I, I think this team has interesting goalie prospects, but no one that I would say is on the level, obviously, of like a Volstead or anything like that. And, and why would they be, right? The Jets don't typically um, draft really high pedigree goalies. Winnipeg has gotten some really solid pro ones out of like deeper draft picks. I think they've smartly prioritized forwards and defenders over netminders, especially with how chaotic and, and difficult it is to project goalies these days. So it is a big question mark. I think the Jets could address that through trades more than they can just drafting. I think the amount of time that it takes to develop young goalies kind of puts it in a category to where you might be better off exchanging some assets and going for an existing goalie who is perhaps underrated, maybe is is avoiding some market attention, but has quietly put up really strong numbers and just needs the right team to recognize what his potential is if you give him a little bit more defensive support. So a lot of things for Winnipeg to consider. I'd be curious to know who you think is going to be one of the most important linchpins going forward. Do you think Rucker McCrory is going to be a future captain? Do you think Colby Barlow is this team's future? How do you feel about Brad Lambert? And who do you think is going to lead the blue line of the next core? Drop your thoughts and comments in the section below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. But for tonight's episode, this is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We will see you next year, uh, next week with hopefully our special guest interview and more offseason coverage. But like I said, that's it for tonight. Have a great night. And as always, go Jets go.